The discovery of an Egyptian chamber suddenly triggers a deadly electromagnetic occurrence at Stonehenge. Something within the stones has come alive. An ancient prophecy has been revealed, and a series of terrifying global catastrophes is now about to be unleashed. Now a team of international scientists, a UK commando unit, and a conspiracy-obsessed American radio host must find a way to stop the cataclysmic power before it can be reborn to destroy us all. Misha Collins, Tori Higginson, Peter Wingfield, and Hill Harper star in this action-packed end-of-the-world thriller. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. This week, we are bringing you a review of the 2010 film Stonehenge Apocalypse as the third movie in our Apocalypse Month where we're reviewing movies all month that have the word Apocalypse in the title. So let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three, best and worst of this movie. Let's start with the bottom. What do you have for us, Paul? For number three, this movie was extremely slow-paced. It felt a lot longer than it actually was. This was an hour and a half movie, but I could have sworn I was watching it for at least two hours. For number two, none of the characters were particularly interesting. They were just kind of there doing stuff, mostly explaining the plot and running around. And for number one, the conspiracy theorists in this movie just happened to be right about everything. He had no evidence or any reason to believe anything. He wasn't an expert in anything, but, you know, he was right just because he said so. And, of course, no one believes him because why would they? He's just some guy. But, you know, he happens to be right, and then everyone else is made to look like an asshole for not immediately believing him. What do you got, Corey? Uh, for me, number three is the sciencey words and the explaining of everything makes up 90% of the dialogue in this movie. It's really not as interesting as some of the visuals that they put together for us. And it really kind of makes me feel like I'm being talked down to a lot they, of the times. They never once said reverse polarity. I was really disappointed. Number two... We don't listen to the people that actually know what they're talking about. Not only the conspiracy guy who was always right, but the scientists who were actually working on the computers and trying to tell the person in charge and the military and everything, hey, this is happening, and here's the data, and this is what we need to do about it. And they're like, no, I'm in charge here. This is how you know I'm a bad guy, because I don't believe you for no reason. And then number one has to go back to the fact that Dr. Glasser, Glasher, Glauscher, whatever the fuck his name was, the main character has these conspiracy theories, and they're always right. It's just ridiculous. No matter what he says, it always turns out to be true. It's like Rick from The Walking Dead. No matter how wrong he seems like he should be, he's always right. It's like a staple with all conspiracy theory movies. It's just the one conspiracy theorist happens to be right about everything. It's the reverse of the real world. This is like conspiracy theory porn, basically. It's so, like, you can insert yourself as the main character where he happens to be right, and it's the world that's wrong about it. You everything. could say it's a conspiracy. Uh... Let's get on to what's best about this movie, shall we? All right, number three, this movie had a lot going on. Even if it made little sense, or no sense at all, it was entertaining to say the least. For number two, the outdated special effects were entertaining. 
It looked like it was something made out of the ne- out of the late 1990s, but it was actually made in 2010, which really made me laugh. And for number one, there were in fact stone hedges killing people. They weren't getting up and just kicking people like I was hoping for, but still, people getting killed by stone hedges. That was kind of cool. Number three for me, the uh, the subplot of this movie actually kind of makes sense and ties in with things that are going on in the movie and actually comes together very well at the end, unlike a lot of movies we've seen that have subplots that are just kind of forgotten about, not mentioned, or make absolutely no sense. Number two, this movie is cheesy, the dialogue is bad, but it's actually delightfully fun to make fun of and have a running commentary going, especially if you have several people with you. And I enjoy movies that are like that. Number one, I have to agree. Stonehenge actually kills people. Not only does it kill people, it also kills vehicles. It explodes a helicopter in midair. It was astounding. I think we basically had the same feelings on this movie. I I believe so. I'm going to go get a drink. I'll be right back. This is the point where we'd normally give you a quote war, but the dialogue in this movie really didn't seem up to par. So we're just going to move right into our final take where we're going to give you a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale, of course, is a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this movie? Well, I know I just had one, but we're not going to take that off of the score. Paul, what kind of score did you give? I gave this movie a 4 out of 10. Oh, not too bad. I gave it a 3 out of 10. How come you gave it a 4? Stonehead's Apocalypse was a typical conspiracy movie where... Some kind of over-the-top catastrophe was about to happen. There's a government cover-up, a bunch of pointless action scenes followed by long, drawn-out explanations of the plot, and the only one who knows what's going on is the true believer, who happens to be right about everything without any evidence, but isn't believed by the powers that be. The action scenes were fun, especially the stone hedges blowing things up, but the plot was overly complicated and failed to hold my interest. Plus, none of the characters were interesting, and this was really drawn on. These types of movies have been done a million times before, so I was pretty much able to predict everything that was going to happen. If I were a conspiracy theorist, then I would probably enjoy this more. But since I'm not, I wasn't really able to enjoy the leaps in logic and the arbitrary assumptions that just happened to be right. If you're into conspiracy theory movies, or you just want to see Stonehenge blowing things up, then I'd suggest this movie. Otherwise, avoid it. It's just not worth the time. Well, I have to say that this movie consists of two things. Conspiracies and science words. When events of a conspiracy occur, they try to explain it away by using scientific words and theories. However, the conspiracy that this movie revolves around is so outlandish that none of it can really be taken too seriously. The main character is infallible, and yet no one listens to him. The acting is okay, the CGI is just plain terrible, but it makes this movie so delightful to watch and comment on that it's actually an advantage in this case. If the acting was better, this movie would have really bombed. You know, as an added bonus, we do get to see Stonehenge murdering people, helicopters, and motor vehicles. You know, for me, any movie where Stonehenge itself starts murdering is a must-see. Yeah, that's definitely the most memorable thing about it. Stonehenge is actually killing people. I'll actually be telling people about that, but probably not anything else in the movie. 
you know, it is so full of cliches, like you said. You can really predict what's going to happen. You know, you've got the cliche of, we don't listen to the actual scientists. We've got the cliche of, the most ridiculous theory is actually right. We've got the cliche of... The military just wanting to blow things up without any real reason. And, you know, the list goes on and on. We could be here all night, but we really don't want to be. So, we know not everyone likes the same kind of shit that we do. So, we like to give every B-movie we review an A-movie companion. A movie of a higher class and higher standard and tell you why that A-movie is just a different version of this B-movie we just saw. Paul, what did you give this? I give this movie National Treasure from 2004. I gave this movie Stranger Than Fiction from 2006. What reasoning do you have for giving it National Treasure? Alright, both movies featured a conspiracy theory. In Stonehenge Apocalypse, there's a cult attempting to destroy the world by using Stonehenges to cause a bunch of natural disasters that threaten to wipe out humanity. National Treasure has the main characters looking for a, a hidden pile of gold that the U.S. government acquired and somehow lost over time. Both movies feature action scenes immediately followed by an explanation of the plot using science or history that may or may not be accurate. And both movies have one enjoyable character that made the movie fun. National Treasure had Nicolas Cage playing Benjamin Gates, but really just playing Nicolas Cage, as he always does. And Stonehenge Apocalypse to be featured the Stonehenge, which was played by the Stonehenge. Corey? So, I picked Stranger Than Fiction because a character in both movies says things, and whether they really should be true or not, actually become true by that character saying them. In Stonehenge Apocalypse, it happens to be the main character, uh, Jacob, Dr. Glaser, and his conspiracies. No matter what they are, they're always true. In Stranger Than Fiction, there's a writer who's writing a story about Will Ferrell's life, and everything that she writes becomes true just because she writes it. More importantly, though, both Stranger Than Fiction and Stonehenge Apocalypse begin with the letters S and T. But if we look further into this, we find out that Stonehenge Apocalypse consists of 20 letters, and Stranger Than Fiction consists of 19 letters. Adding the space of Stonehenge Apocalypse brings it up to 21 total spaces or characters or whatever you want to call it. Stranger Than Fiction has two spaces involved in it, bringing it to a total of 21. That means that both movies, when you add their characters and spaces together from the titles, make up a combined total of 21 each. Now, we all know that 21 plus 21 is 42, and 42 is the meaning to life. And that is why Stranger Than Fiction is an A-movie companion for Stonehenge Apocalypse. Wow, I, I don't even know what to say to that. I, I lost track, like, after 21. Well, if that one blew your mind, Paul, wait till you hear this. Both movies are rated PG-13. Now, P is the 16th letter of the alphabet. G is the 7th. If you multiply P by G, 16 by 7, you get the number 112. You subtract the 13 from the PG-13, because P times G minus 13, and you get 99. Now, you take the 3 from the 13, and you divide that by 
99. Well, 99 by the 3. And you get 33. Then you minus the 13 once again, because of course PG minus 13, you can minus the 13 once again, you get 20. Now, what you're missing is the 1 that you didn't use from the time that you divided by the 3 from the 13. So you add the 1 back in, creating 21, which is the same number of spaces and letters provided through the characters of Stonehenge Apocalypse and Stranger Than Fiction. Once again, explaining why they're the perfect A and B movie companions. And the Stonehenges caused volcanoes to erupt, and lava can melt steel beams, so there's that too. Conspiracies! Hooray! Nicolas Cage can melt steel beams. I don't know. No, that confused you as much as it confused me and Paul. Maybe it's time that you need to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. We're going to give you some drinking games to go along with this movie and our absurd conspiracies. Just like this. Every time someone doesn't listen to Dr. Glaser, take a drink. Whenever they use big sciencey words to explain something, take a drink. Anytime Dr. Glaser corrects someone about his conspiracy theory on how it's not an alien they found on the moon, but a robot head, take a drink. Every time they talk about nuking Stonehenge, take a drink. And of course, because it's April Apocalypse, every time they talk about how it began, the apocalypse that is, please take a drink. Paul? Every time someone talks about electromagnetic anything, take a drink. Every time a volcano erupts, take a drink. Every time Jacob happens to be right about some kind of conspiracy, take a drink. And every time somebody talks about how terrible humanity is, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the flick. Well, now we've come to the point where we need to rank the movies we've seen so far this month. So far we've seen three movies, Alien Apocalypse, Zombie Apocalypse, and Stonehenge Apocalypse. If I had to rank them in order... I'd say the worst one so far has been Alien Apocalypse. It had Bruce Campbell, and that was it. Next comes Zombie Apocalypse, who, although it lacked Bruce Campbell, actually had at least one likable character, and the action was okay. Nothing substantial, but better than Alien Apocalypse. The number one spot right now is Stonehenge Apocalypse. I mean, those movies have nothing on Stonehenge murdering people in helicopters. I'm sorry. For number three, I've got Alien Apocalypse. If Bruce Campbell can't save your movie, then it is a truly terrible movie. For number two, I picked Stonehenge Apocalypse. It had Stonehenge's killing people and some good action, but overall, not that great. For number one, I picked Zombie Apocalypse. It really wasn't that good of a movie, but it was low budget, it was fun, you could tell they tried a lot, and it had the best dialogue in the movie by far. Well, if you join us next week, we'll be diving headfirst back into the Zompocalypse aspect of Apocalypse With the 2014 movie Disaster LA, the last zombie apocalypse begins here. It's a bit of a mouthful. A little bit. But it does have apocalypse in the title, so it qualifies for this month. If you have any comments, questions, or conspiracies concerning this movie or any other that we've done... Please leave them here on SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook at B-Movie space B-R-O-S. That's B-Movie Bros. Or tweet us at B-Movie Bros. That's all one word. 
or Paul directly at Paul, all one word. For anything Pittsburgh-related, the area that we broadcast out of, you can find our friends over at riversedgepgh.com. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, be back next week.